Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Xing Chao, Opa Adam. Hello. <laughs> do you know what language that is? It's Chinese, right? Uh, it's Vietnamese. Oh, shit. How did I mess that up? <laughs> Sorry. I swore gotcha. we're not even a minute into the program. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know what hello was in um, Vietnamese either. I, you know, I've always watched um, Good Morning um, Vietnam with um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robin Williams. Yeah. So I never actually got to learn, you know, Xing Chao, which is uh, their hello. Yeah. Do, do people say that? That's a common expression. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So it's also the land of Hanoi and Saigon beer. Um, also in episode 23, um, uh, Good Morning Betsy, our savage little pommy who, yeah. who had her near-death experience with her motorcycle diaries in the name. In the in Nam. The name. Yeah. Apparently, uh, 20 seconds was all that mattered, um, whether she was going to live or die on the highway. She's had a few pretty hectic accidents. She is just accident prone. <laughs> <laughs> and what highlights do we have for Unexpected Asia? So in Unexpected Asia, we've got a few articles about Taiwan. Sweet. Um, we've also got uh, something about the th- following on the football theme. Oh, yeah. From last week. Yeah. So the, um, the Super League football's opening up again in China. Cool. And um, for Ponda Pondas today, we're going to do border insecurity again, but part two. Because Back to popular demand. By popular demand, I could not believe it. So uh, obviously, listeners want to hear stuff about guns at border crossings. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> and on Secret Asians, we're going to stick with the Vietnamese theme Ooh. and talk about a Vietnamese Aussie. Oh, yeah. Very famous, uh, yeah, a very famous Vietnamese Aussie. He's very funny too. Yeah. <laughs> but more of that later. First up, Unexpected Asia. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been happening over there? Oh, you want to talk? Um, all right, I'll go first. Um, so, I know last week we were talking about football and all the different codes of football in Australia. And so sticking with that theme, I thought it would be appropriate to announce that the Chinese Super League is opening up again. So on the 25th of July, they're going to start their 2020 season. Is it safe to do that? It's safe. They still have to do, like, they still have to follow some of the distancing protocols and stuff like that for the teams. Um, But uh, rumour has it that uh, the mainland media has been talking about Wuhan Zol, which is the football team from Wuhan where... COVID started. The um, epicenter. Yeah, they're going to play the season. Well, they're probably one of the safest teams because they actually weren't in China Mm. when the outbreak happened. They were actually stuck in Spain. Oh, wow. Uh, Uh, Spain wasn't very... uh... Well, depends where they were in Mm. Spain. Mm. Um, (laughs) But they... (laughs) I just made that connection. I wonder how wonder how COVID-19 got to Spain. (laughs) Oh, it was the football team from Wuhan. Oh, no. (laughs) We can't make that connection. No, no, no. That's not proven. Can't make those allegations yet. That's 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 purely speculative. (laughs) We just need to wait for our investigation to come out. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. So um, uh, yeah, so the the Chinese Football League is going to open up. AFL, fits and starts. (sighs) Tried. Yeah. Then Queensland said, "No, nah, sorry, we're yeah. not we're not allowing any uh, Mexicans, yeah, to come <laughs> to come into Queensland. We don't think they're safe enough." No, it isn't. They're spreading all over the place, aren't they, the Melbourneites? 
Yeah, I know. You were just having a whinge about that before. Yeah, I know. Let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, so across the strait from mainland China over in Taipei, you know, Taipei's got a pretty good record at the moment for COVID-19. They So their population's the same as Australia, and they've had like, you know, less than 500, I think, deaths, and they've wow. contained everything at the moment. So they've opened up for um, an, an, an annual event, uh, the LGBIT, so the, you know, the gay parade. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so they just had that in June where... A thousand people attended, which usually, you know, usually 10,000 people attend. But yep. it is one of the many, you know, rare places where you were able to have a public event. Um, and also, I think it was a big event because more than 400 Pride uh, parades have been cancelled due cancelled. to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also 2020 actually marks the 50th anniversary of the first gay parade in Chicago. So... This year's okay. meant to be like a big year, but obviously 2020 got the best of it. What's Sher going to do for performances if all of these parades are cancelled? Like, how's she going to get any gigs? <laughs> when can she wear her cones again? Yeah, I know. <laughs> fully. I know. So Taiwan's also a bit of a success story. It's the first place in Asia to legalise same-sex marriage, like Australia. Wow. Um, in First place in Asia? Yeah, in Asia, of all places. Wow, that's good. So not only good food in Taiwan, but a little bit more open-minded view towards, mm. you know... Bisexual, same-sex marriages, all those sorts of things. Yes, and and also one of the safest places at the moment from coronavirus. Yeah, there you go. There's two reasons to, to look at <laughs> Taiwan. Also, I've got some good news mm. on the international front. Okay. So Australia being dependent heavily on iron ore, coal, and the third one... Ooh, international, international students, students. Right? Yeah, education, tourism. Yeah, so they're going to do a test in Canberra to bring 350 international students back to Australia for the next semester... From all over the world or from a particular country? For, predominantly from Asia. So okay. they have to make their own way to one central place. Oh, a which, hub. Okay. Yeah, which I think is probably going to be Singapore. Singapore's, yeah, has got it pretty good. And I think they uh, Singapore Airlines flies direct, the international flight flies direct to Canberra. To Canberra. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I don't think this, this, this didn't name the carrier mm -hmm. yet. It was still to be decided, but chances are probably is going to be Singapore Airlines. We're speculating again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, this is going to be funded um, jointly by the universities in Canberra and the um, the ACT government. Which is only two universities, the Australian National University and the University of Canberra, right? Yeah. Those two, yep. Yeah, you should know this having lived there for so long. Oh, well. <laughs> they were your I client, love you, Canberra. They were your clientele for many years <laughs> in the pub. Um, but yeah, the, so um, that's, that's good and it's going to be a bit of a trial to see how we go with getting international students back. But there's a couple of lessons that have come out of this. Oh. Firstly, Australia's behind in opening international ca campuses. Mm. So a lot of other countries like the UK and the US have opened domestic campuses in countries still Yet. under the name of the parent university. Okay. Yeah, Australia is particularly behind on that. Yet Australia has the best record when it comes to COVID prevention and yet UK and US are like out of control. Yeah, I know, but they, if you have campuses <laughs> in the country, then you don't need to leave. Like, they don't need to leave. Okay. Like, their home, like, I mean, their home market, right? Oh, home market, okay. Yeah, so, like, for example, opening up a campus in Singapore and then branding it Sydney University Singapore branch. Oh, I see. So, people don't have to actually leave the country. So, it's okay, it's okay but Australia's not so good at that. Mm. Maybe because it costs money and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I don't know. 
and um, also the second thing that's come out of this is how reliant we are on Chinese students. So Chinese yeah. students make up 37% of international students in Australia. Yeah. It's more than a third. That's quite a lot for that one country, particularly now that we seem to have a bit of argy-bargy going on and... Yeah, tariffs and... Yeah, uh, tariffs, trade barring, wars, mm, hacking. Hacking. What uh, else do we throw in there? <laughs> uh, we'll just upgrade spamming. our... Spamming. Yeah, spamming. We'll upgrade our weapons um, <laughs> because like now we need to do some stuff because we need to stand on our own. Pushing the red button, yeah. Yeah, two feet, all that sort of stuff. But um, so the Universities Australia, which is like a collective body of all mm. of the representative universities in Oz, forecast that the sector is going to lose $16 billion that's Australian a lot of dollars money. by wow. 2023 as a result of the virus, but also the increasing trade tensions. That are and airlines happening. not opening up until end of this year, but then they also forecast until middle next year. Well, Qantas came out and said not till mid next year, oh, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So there's still a long way to go for us. Um, and, and then lastly, I guess the other thing we have to do is just be a little bit nicer. So like, <laughs> the, what do you mean nicer? <laughs> well, the, the CEO of the International Education Association of Australia, wow, yeah. that's a mouthful, said that we needed to, quote, provide a more comprehensive narrative about our genuine care for international students' welfare. So there wasn't quote. any genuine care beforehand? <laughs> I don't know. Come in, we'll take your money. You can study here. But you know what? You could probably go home after because we're not going to give you a job anyway. Oh, no. It happens. It's I true. Think the like, international students got onto it. Maybe they've caught on to that. So we need to be nicer. Oh, no. I think that's the, 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 the short of it. Okay. Well, I won't hold uh, all you listeners back anymore. And I know you're all dying to hear this, but now it's time for Border Insecurity again. Yeah. In Ponder Ponder. Part two. Part two. And we're going to talk about guns and you're going to talk about boats. Yes. <laughs> okay. How about if I'll go first then? Okay. All right. So I left you all hanging last time promising guns, but I didn't tell you I'm also going to include stories about bombs. So I was, Bombs? Mm-hmm. Guns and bombs. I know. What could be better? So um, my friend and I, when we finished university and being really sheltered, well, she wasn't, uh, we were going to her a country of heritage, which I didn't learn a lot, <laughs> Sri Lanka. So I just thought, oh yeah, Sri Lanka. Um, it's just a teardrop country over there. Um, you know, she always cooked me really great food. Um, and anyway, when we did get there in, I think, mid-2000, uh, I wasn't aware how serious um, the ongoing civil war back then was, which uh, was from 1983 and then ended in 2009. So that was like 26 years of war between the Buddhist Sinhalese, um, which took 74% of the population, and okay. then Hindu Tamils, who, which uh, are 18%. So they were fighting over Sri Lanka um, in terms of who, who was going to govern the country. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I didn't know that um, coming from her heritage, that her, her mother was Sinhalese and her dad was Tamil. So yeah. they would have gotten married before the Civil War had started, not knowing that you know something like this was going to affect them later on in life. And because she held a Tamil name, we had a little bit of problems here and there, but I didn't understand it totally until we got to the airport. And then when we got to Colombo, I was like... Oh my God, what have you got me into? <laughs> yeah. So they were, um, after that, I did some research and um, there was a presidential election in November 2005. So we arrived in December 2005. Ooh. I know. Uh, so obviously there were a, a really tense period. People were getting shot. Like officials were getting shot. There was bombs. So between um, 
December and January, uh, I think in that period, there was like over 150 pe people killed from, you know, just bombings. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we were actually lining up uh, in uh, December 2005 at the Indian High Commission for our visa uh, during that time. Um, and, mm -hmm. and do you know what? We are so lucky to be alive because the day that we went, nothing happened. But the next day, there was a bombing. I think it was like around the corner or opposite the um, Indian High Commission. Yeah. And several people were injured and di had died from um, bombings. Yeek. Yeah. So uh, very lucky to be alive today. Um, and yeah, it was just something that I never understood being in Australia of how serious the nature of the civil war is. So think of it equivalent yeah. of like North, North uh, Vietnam and South Vietnam in the yeah. 70s. Yeah, wow. Same thing. Um, yeah, so... This wasn't particularly well reported, I don't think. Not in Australia, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an eye-opener. And then when we were even travelling around um, Sri Lanka uh, to the old tea country, because, you know, mm. there's some border checkpoints, obviously. Yeah. Um, and because my friend, she had a Tamil surname, uh, we got uh. stopped... Uh. because of her passport and so at this one particular checkpoint i just remember going oh my god here we go again um and then as collateral um the guy took our chocolates so i went that's good enough i'm happy with this result take my <laughs> chocolate let us through thank you very much yeah there you go yeah what about uh, you what do you got um i've got one i've got a an experience of when i was working on a private yacht Super yard. Yeah, so we used to we used to change ports like quite a lot. It was a really busy boat. Mm. Like we were always on the move to somewhere. Mm. And every time you check into a new country, you basically have to fill out like a customs declaration. Oh, okay. It goes yeah. on this manifest and then the captain checks it. Then it's given to the customs officials and then sometimes they want to do cabin inspections. Yeah. Other times they're happy just to like sign it off or whatever and, you know, bottle of whiskey, mm. packet of cigarette, like um, big packet of cigarettes and they're usually okay. So it just depends on the, on the customs um, and immigration officials. Luxury but anyway, items. <laughs> the other, yeah, but the other thing was we used to have these like cabin inspections. Mm. So once a month, the, cabin, the captain and the purser would do rounds on the boat and they would um, check that you hadn't got any contraband or <laughs> hadn't been like trashing the place or anything like that. And so I had this like little stash of like booze that I'd been collecting as we'd been going around the world, which port was to pretty. Port. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it's and usually like a lot of places, if you buy it directly from the distiller, mm. it's a lot cheaper. Tax free, and usually, it's or tax free. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it's tax free as well. But I remember like I had at least three or four um, bottles of Mount Gay rum that I'd bought mm. from the factory. And just loved that place. Like I remember going in there and we did the tour through the factory and at the end I went to the shop and I had like the old rum, the spice rum, the like, uh, you know, all the different like variants and stuff. And so I, I figured out this way to get around the customs and immigration and mm. the border inspections and stuff by, so I pulled out the drawer underneath my bed and then around the back of the drawer, I could like stash the bottles <laughs> against the the edge of the bed and obviously Sneaky. you couldn't see it so like they could come into the room and unless unless they lifted up the mattress then lifted up the thing that would like hold it they wouldn't be able to find it yeah so like sometimes you know they might go through a drawer or something open another drawer just my dirty pajamas but <laughs> little it. did they know behind the drawer because the drawer came see. off the rollers yeah was my little stash of international acquisitions you of alcohol badass. <laughs> so there's some uh there's some tips for you about getting around border border inspections <laughs> 
Well, going on to um, another border uh, crossing involving guns, because I promised that, uh, this was this was actually quite a nice one. Um, we, well, to begin with, <laughs> so we were crossing over between um, Vietnam and China, um, known as the Friendship Pass. So the Friendship uh -huh. Pass, this particular uh, border or post that you want to call it, was built during the Ming Dynasty. So that would have been what anywhere between 14th century to 18th century, I guess. Yeah. And then, um, obviously, during the war, um, there, there were some issues. Uh, so, uh, I think since then, they've decided to call the, the Friendship Pass to reflect the, the close relationship between the two countries. This is after the Vietnamese Yeah, after war. the war. Okay. The war. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so... The one that America shouldn't really have had any part in. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where people were involved. Yeah. <laughs> Countries were involved. I'm, I'm, I'm Agent Orange some, was involved. I'm seeing some similar themes here, like <laughs> Gulf War, Vietnamese War. The next war in the South China Sea, Trade probably. war, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was nice and friendly. This is the same friend and I, obviously. Uh, the immigration the officer. The Tamil one. <laughs> but she's actually Australian. She's Australian. <laughs> she's Australian, but she just yeah. has a Tamil name. Right. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so uh, everything was straightforward. The immigration office on both sides, you know, and then we had to change to a Chinese operated bus. So mm -hmm. we traveled for about 10 or 20 minutes, and then all of a sudden, the bus just stopped. And we we're like, okay, what's happening here? Mm -hmm. And... Boom, you had these Chinese paramilitary dudes come up with massive machine guns and in their camouflage, and they looked mean. Were they looking for someone? or I don't know. They were checking everyone's passport. Even though we were fine from the border, yeah. border crossing, which was all pretty serious as well, and big yeah. guns, um, but they were doing it one more time just in case somebody you know, may have just got on the bus in between that, you know, the, the actual crossing to the yeah. next town. Not such a friendship friendly it didn't get so friendly i know no <laughs> yeah but everything was fine there was no, no illegals on our bus but mm -hmm. it, i i just felt like wow this is so intimidating like with a gun in my face and you know i try not to yeah you know try and make sudden moves it's like oh my god this is really serious stuff <laughs> yeah you you just reminded me of like when mm. i did a um the the korean border yeah like between north and south korea yeah so you go to the demilitarized yeah, zone the DMZ, yeah. similar sort of thing they get on the bus and they check everyone's passport mm. if you're korean not so friendly, not welcome. Okay. So Korean people aren't allowed to go to Between, this, yeah. yeah, to this unification village thing. Mm. And they didn't like, I don't know, something was happening that day or they didn't like someone on our bus and Ooh. anyway, we didn't get to go. <gasps> oh no. Disappointing. Yeah. You're going to try again one day? Maybe I will. When we're allowed to fly again. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so everything was fine afterwards, um, and, but then the bus broke down when we were traveling mm. down a long steady mountain. So I thought, oh crap, we're going to die. But it was just the brakes overheat had overheated and then they fixed it up. <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing serious. Nothing to do with gunfire people. Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> At least the bus stopped. <laughs> yeah, I know. Anyway, I've got more stories about guns, but I think we can probably save that for another rainy day. Maybe yeah. I could go with something more friendly next time about the um, Pakistan-India border where there's, a, there's this beautiful parade. It's like two patriotic sides having a parade. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about happier stuff instead of guns for the next border yeah, insecurity. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like fun. And what about um, secret agents? What's the password? Captain Bagrat. Come in. Well, this flows in nicely, you know, from yeah. Vietnam to talk about our secret Asian. Yeah, so our secret Asian today, or Asian-ish, well, definitely Asian. A definitely Asian-ish. Asian-Australian. Absolutely. Yeah. Is uh, Vietnamese Aussie uh, Ando. Oh, he's such a cool guy. 
And we've got lots of fun facts about Ando, don't we? Yeah, I mean, look, when earlier this year the, the Uber Eats ad came on where Barnsey, Fonzie and Anzi, I just laughed <laughs> so hard. <laughs> Barnsey being uh, Jimmy Barnes, Fonzie yep. being John Farnham, and then they gave Ando the uh, nickname Anzi. <laughs> I did. I did see that. Like, um, yeah, that Uber Eats stuff. Yeah. going around. It's so cool that he was part of the band. You know, they, they, these are like two massive icons in Australia, and and to get, uh, you know, on to yeah. be part of it. I was like, this is such a good representation. Yeah, multicultural Australia. Exactly, and then I loved it how Farnsey went for, you know, for for my. Uber Eats, I'm getting Vietnamese takeaway with pho, beef pho, rice paper bro, and ice peach tea. <laughs> ah. And and Barnsey. <laughs> and Barnsey just went with McDonald's Maccas. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ando went for Maccas because he's, he's like, so I'm sick of eating all this really good food. Vietnamese food. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go for the, the scrap. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Ando's been in a lot. He's... He's been um, on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. 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 Commercial TV loves loves him. Yeah. And what else has been has he been on? Uh, he was also on um, the Triple J Raw comedy show, yeah. um, where he was a champion, and he received a winner for "Thank God You're Here." That's pretty good. Do you know anything more about that? Uh, I know that it's still going. It's still going. Is it? Yeah. Or maybe it's not. I don't know. And um, he's also um, obviously a very, very talented artist. Mm. He's written his own books and stuff as well, which apparently are really good. Yeah. My aunt always tells me that I should read his, his book. Um, Is this the Happiest Refugee book? Yeah, that's yeah. the one, yeah. Yeah, it won um, the uh, uh, Australian Book of the Year for 2011. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And he's also done some um, portraits of some very well-known Australians. And Absolutely. I think they did that on... Didn't they do a TV show about that? Yeah, Arns on... Brush with Fame. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. and he I... was also on Dancing with the Stars. And Dancing with the Stars, yeah. <laughs> so he, he covers a range of like, you know, <laughs> serious, not so serious, funny, <laughs> <laughs> and outsiders. And he's also done cooking shows as well. Arns does yeah. Vietnam, Arns does like all these other countries. Yeah. So this guy is seriously oozing with talent. Yeah, is there anything that he can't do? Um, well, actually, he should come on this podcast and do What Asian Men Want, <laughs> <laughs> part two. <laughs> Get him on the bag rat. Yeah, but Hans, you know, if you don't know about Arn, he is such an amazing person. So in his book, he tells his um, story of how, well, his book, which is um, The Happiest Refugee, talks about mm. how his family came over to Australia, you know, mm -hmm. during the whole, I, I guess this is the war again that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So obviously he was a toddler then, about three years old. So he didn't have much rec recollection of it. But his his um family, so his brother and sister as well, his parents got mm. on, was lucky enough to get onto a a boat, uh, that was apparently only nine meters by two meters with forty seven people on Sounds board. Sounds like a really small sort of fishing boat or something. Yeah, and it was also leaking apparently. And then the food and water um, that got thrown overboard because of a storm that on their very first day. Oh man. I know. And then what gets worse, they got raided by two sets of pirates. Oh really? They stole both the engines for the boat. Oh what? Yeah. Talk about unlucky. This sounds like an impossible mission. Exactly. But then apparently the last um, pirate decided to throw them like the water back or something like that. Yeah. So, so only one person had died on this on this journey. Yeah. Um, and, um, so they were lucky enough to be found by a German merchant ship because I think a lot of the boats that try to come to Australia, yeah. they don't make it's it. Stuck. So yeah. that's why I think he's called the happiest refugee because the chances of getting to Australia, Jesus, so low. Yeah, wow. I know. It's interesting. I know. And um, what's the story about his dad, like fixing 
yeah, so the engine had broke, and so his dad used his flip flop to to get the to get the engine oh, wow. going again. So I don't know how, but that's how pretty cool. Is that, that is that is um that is Asian genius. Yeah, I know. Talk about innovation. So I'm so glad Ando's uh, family's here in Australia, and he's he's such a you know he's also got he's also written some um cartoon books as well, uh, wow. called uh, Weird. Dough. So if you add it together, it's like weirdo, <laughs> which is pretty much based on his experience, you know, growing up in Australia and going to school. Yeah, you know, about and the... being looking different than all the other yeah, kids. Yeah, and doing different things and just having. Because can you imagine if um he went to class and the teacher would go and this is, and dough, and then everyone's like. What huh? is that? I think the people will mistake "an" as "and." Yeah. Doe as in like in the Simpsons. Doe. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man. He would have had a hard time. I reckon the poor so, guy. So, so you reckon he had a good sense of humor then? Like it was kind of a way that he got through his childhood. Probably being teased a bit at school. Yeah. Ridiculed. Yeah, and all that suffering. Had a pretty difficult trip coming over to Australia, and he used humor as his like kind of survival mechanism. Survival mechanism, absolutely. I think so too, because um, you know his approach to his to his life is all, and and from what he performs in his books is always a show of like you know he's he's very witty, he's very charming, and he's always very heartwarming as well. Mm, mm. You know, always about you it's know. It's very personable, right? Absolutely, and I think you need to be that to show the the real genuine you. When yeah. you do these kind of shows. And he was also a budding entrepreneur, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I was going through reading all this stuff. And apparently in high school, well, he, he decided, well, if I'm going to buy a fish, a tropical fish for $15, and that one adult fish can spawn 500 babies. My God, that's like $7,500. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, wow. Yeah, and then also at uni when he was studying um, business law, Dan opened up four shops that sold American Indian artifacts. And this was during the Dances with Wolves craze in yeah. the 90s. Yeah, wow, did I remember you, did that. Did you watch that movie? I did. I think I saw it like three times at the cinema because oh, like it was on for so... As well. It was just on for so long and there was nothing else. Like when you're like pre-pubescent teenager yeah. and you can't go and do anything on weekends, you're not allowed to drink or go out. It's still, you know too young, yeah. it was go to the movies. <laughs> and then after that, uh, when he was about to graduate and enter his white-collar slavery days into the legal world, uh -huh. um, he actually got a fair few uh, offers, but Arne decided to go against that. Um, so he didn't want to be legally Asian, you know, not so blonde. Uh, yeah. So he turned all that down to do gigs at uh, fruit and veg markets, doing some spruiking really? and hosting boxing tournaments. Hosting boxing tournaments. Yeah, so he didn't want to be a lawyer. He's uh, <laughs> um, so he ended up saving $40,000 for a deposit to buy his mother a house for Christmas, oh. which I think is so sweet given, you know, how much they had suffered um, and, you know, being first immigrants to Australia. It's yep. just tough on the whole family. And the fact wow. that he can save $40,000 so that they can have, a, you know, a stable home, um, you know, a place to call there so, they, so the landlords don't kick them out all the time. And the amazing fact is that They've moved 17 times when they arrived in Australia uh, till when they went oh, um, bought the house. So That's like proper refugee material. I know. So you can tell that, you know, he's had a tough, tough life. But, you know, this, this dude, he's just amazing. He just keeps going. Anyway, I've got some other funny anecdotes about Aunt. So the biggest 
break that he had <laughs> was when he was doing a stand-up comedy um, with 50 bikies in a pub waiting for a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> and so apparently they were all yelling, lady boy, and take off your gear. So he, <laughs> he reckons when he, he reckons that he survived that gig, he can just do anything from there. <laughs> 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 uh, and his other biggest regret was that um, he met a girl first year at uni and didn't tell her for five years. Um, so they were just constantly, you know, being friends. Mm -hmm. And then finally he told her that she, he liked her and she said the same thing and then they got engaged three weeks later oh wow yeah I know so he was like what why did I just do that you know suffer five years watching her date other blokes when we could have been together oh, five years oh poor dude <laughs> like, just too humble too shy I know you know what Asian men want you just gotta say it oh, to the girl we need, we need to do a segment on that we need to have Ando on the show so we can do what Asian men, men want. want I know well, he was supposed to be um, doing a live show uh, in May but mm -hmm. obviously because of you know you know what from what we heard from who coronavirus yeah um it's been pushed back to october now okay so if you want to see him live he for uh touring, touring the country touring the country all right I that's know, cool. if if rules relax obviously for um his stand-up show yeah yeah so you know what upper adam there's no real appreciation of life until you almost lose it or someone close to you uh, does or something. Uh, mm, you know, mm. those, you know, events are, you know, completely out of your control, you know, yeah. through through adversity, through real suffering, you know, live or die situation, which mm -hmm. seems to be the theme of today. Yeah. With water crossings. Yeah. I don't Vietnam, think I would be suffering. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nearly dying, maybe bombs. Yeah, bombing. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and then showing the ability to bounce back. It's one of those, you know, those things really define you as a person. Yeah, how philosophical. Yeah, well, you know, we need to get a little deep here and there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you and I, we're not just superficial all the time. I mean, for this show, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> we, you know, we have our style for this show. But I think you and I, we can, we, we're also deep. Mm. Yeah, good, good tone to end on. Oh, uh, that's right. And Undo, if you're listening. Please come on this show. We would love to interview you and hang out with you and have a few beers too. Good idea. <laughs> on that, bag rat out. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrat, it does cost us a bit to produce and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid.